Dr. Luis Sandoval is accomplished in the fields of mental health and spiritual warfare. A medical doctor, board certified in neurology, psychiatry, and family medicine, he is also a psychiatrist for the Roman Catholic Diocese of Orange, Ministry of Healing and Deliverance. Now, Dr. Luis Sandoval. All right, folks. Well, welcome to Virgin Most Powerful Radio. You're listening to the Dr. Luis Sandoval Show. And as always, I am your host, Dr. Luis Sandoval. Welcome to the clinic. Hopefully we can inspire each other and talk a little bit about our health, our spiritual health, our physical health, our mental health, as always, um, as we do in the show, as we think as Catholics, as we think about how our faith can really bring us and guide us to that level of health that we're all looking for. Really, at the end of the day, we're looking for peace. We're looking for health. We're looking to follow God the way he wants us to follow him. And we know that the tenets of the Catholic faith are the way to do it. So let's get started here at the top of the noon hour with the Angelus. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. The angel of the Lord declared unto Mary, and she conceived of the Holy Spirit. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Behold the handmaid of the Lord, be it done unto me according to thy word. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Pray for us, O Holy Mother of God, that we may be made worthy of the promises of Christ. Let us pray. For forth we beseech thee, O Lord, that grace into our hearts, that we to whom the incarnation of Christ thy Son was made known by the message of an angel, made by his passion and cross, be brought to the glory of his resurrection, through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl around the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right, folks. Today's a great show. <clears throat> it's Holy Thursday. Um, and boy, what a, what a feast uh, to start off, right? The Tritium. We're going to have the show on Thursday is wonderful. We can have it on Holy Thursday. But we can talk a little bit, or actually a lot bit, about what that means for us in our Catholic faith. What, do, what does that mean for us as far as what the truth is, what we follow, and what are people going to say that might not be as accurate or might not be the, the truth with regards to why Christ died for us? It's important to consider because, you know, as we come upon this, the feast of, of the Paschal season, the Paschal mystery, we start with Palm Sunday. We go through Holy Week here. We start the Tritium on, on uh, uh, Holy Thursday. We have Good Friday. You know, we, we have all these feasts for us, and yet somehow we still find ourselves sometimes having to defend our faith. Um, we're always going to find ourselves having to do that, but especially during Holy Week where we're praying, we're focusing on Christ. What are we going to say about it? What's the truth behind it? And what is it that, why would it be that people don't want to follow that? That's really important to consider. Um, as we go into a prayerful mode, especially almost an internal retreat. We've been doing that during Lent, but now during Holy Week, more so uh, in a very focused way on the passion of Christ that brings us to Easter Sunday, to the glory of Easter Sunday. Before we do that, a little housekeeping here. 
Uh, don't forget, we've got a couple of conferences coming up. Uh, the first conference is going to be Saturday, May 7th uh, at 9 o'clock a.m. here at the historic Sacred Heart Chapel in Covina. The address is 381 West Center Street, Covina Avenue. Uh, that's the Marriage and Family Conference. I will be speaking at that conference along with Mary Danielle and Terry Barber. Uh, it's Saturday from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. So please register for that. You can register on virginmostpowerful.org. Um, we're also going to have the men's conference, I see, coming on Saturday, June 18th, 2022. Again, that's going to be at the Historic Sacred Heart Chapel. Uh, and that's also going to be from 9 to 4. So please go on our website, register the men's conference. We're going to have Jesse Romero, Terry Barber, Ruben Nava. I always like to attend myself and take notes because we start getting that high information Catholic intel on what it means for us uh, to be men. What does that mean for us as Catholics? What does it mean to be strong uh, as a Catholic man? Because it's very different from the way the world is going to tell us that we're supposed to be strong as men. But when we follow our faith, we're going to come, come out on top. Now, for any of our listeners who might be in the Pomona area, uh, I am going to be giving a talk on Saturday, April 23rd uh, on divine mercy and our spiritual battles. So it's the Saturday before the Divine Mercy Sunday, and that's going to be at 10.30 a.m. in English and 11.30 a.m. in Spanish. This is going to be at, in Pomona at the Church of St. Madeline Catholic Church. The address is 931 East Kingsley Avenue, Pomona, California, 91767. If anybody's going to be around, that's not this Saturday, but that's the following Saturday. If anybody's going to be around, we're going to have some great talks. We're going to be talking about Divine Mercy, what that means for us as Catholics, and what we're going to do with Divine Mercy. Why does that come after Easter Sunday? You know, Easter Sunday being obviously when our Lord rose from the dead, opened the gates of heaven for us. Divine Mercy is the second part to that, if we think about it, uh, because without God's mercy, we can't walk across those gates that are already opened by Christ. It goes hand in hand. So it's really important to consider that um, and, to, and to look at that. Again, that's going to be Saturday, April 23rd uh, at 1030 in English and at 11.30 in Spanish at <clears throat> St. Madeline Church in Pomona. One more time, that address is 931 East Kingsley Avenue, Pomona, California, 91767. Well, you know, when it comes to Holy Thursday, I think we've all been to Mass on Holy Thursday. We know it's a very long Mass. We're going to read the Passion of Christ, very powerful readings. Uh, and we also have reenactments sometimes, you know, depending on what church you go to, for the most part, the priest will do the washing of the feet. Sometimes they have people from the congregation come up and, and sit up there and do the washing of the feet for them. Uh, sometimes they'll have priests or other uh, religious people up there. Whatever your, your particular parish is going to do, it's very powerful to reenact the Last Supper of Christ, the Passion of Christ, to have those readings um, before we venerate the cross tomorrow on Good Friday. Um, but it's such a such a central part of our faith that sometimes I think it can hurt us when people tell us, you know what? I don't know that Jesus really rose from the dead for, for us. I don't think that Jesus died for us. I don't think that, um, you know, Jesus, he was a good guy. Uh, one of the things that came up and one of our uh, listeners was telling me that there was a priest who actually said, you know, Jesus didn't really die on the cross. You know, it's impossible for him to die. You know, I believe there's heresies associated with this. I'll let you guys look those up because I always encourage our listeners to do your own research so we can think like Catholics. Um, but there's a lot of heresies involved where people say, 
Jesus, he was God. If he was God, he couldn't really die. God can't die. Only the human part of Jesus died. Um, but the reality is we can't separate that. Jesus was God and man all at the same time. And if he died on the cross, it was it was a death. It was We have to understand it from a mystery perspective. Um, well, we can't say, well, God died. But we do say that Jesus died for us. He died for us, for our sins. One of the biggest challenges is that I had heard recently, a priest said that, you know, Jesus didn't come, or God didn't become Jesus to be incarnate on earth in order to save us from our sinfulness or to redeem us from our sins. He said, Jesus just came to earth to show us that he was in solidarity with us, that he understood what it meant for us to suffer, and that's why he died on the cross, just as a friendship, just so that we understood that. But it really has no bearing or impact on our sinful nature. And that's really hard to accept for a couple different reasons. One, coming from a priest, the priest has to teach the tenets of the faith, of course, um, and that's not what the church teaches. But then the other question is, what does it mean then? What was the purpose of Christ coming and dying for us? Can we just take it or leave it? Can we just say, well, you know, Jesus died on the cross. That was a nice, nice gesture of him to show us that he loved us. I think it's hard for us sometimes to accept the truth. And the truth is what we have to face on Holy Thursday, on Good Friday. What is that truth? Holy Thursday, Jesus gets arrested, right? He is imprisoned. He's imprisoned overnight. You notice that when the service ends on Holy Thursday, the priest doesn't say this Mass is ended, go in peace. This is the longest Mass of the year. We finish Holy Thursday. Jesus is in prison at that point. We go through the Passion where we venerate the cross on Good Friday. And then the Mass actually continues on the vigil of Easter Sunday um, when we celebrate the resurrection of Christ. But why is this important to consider? Because if I don't recognize that Christ died for my sins, then do I not recognize that I need salvation and redemption? It's very easy for us to say, you know, it's okay. I, I'd rather think of it as, you know, it was something that Jesus did. It was very nice. But I don't want to think of it as he died for my sins because then that means that I have to admit that what I'm doing might not be right, that what I'm doing might be sinful, that what I'm doing... Um, goes against God, and that I might actually have to reform my life, go to confession for it, or something along those lines. We don't like to hear that. We don't like to hear that because then we have to look internally and ask ourselves, where have I gone wrong? I have to go into those deep crevices of my life, those corners, those dark corners of my life that I don't like to look at. I don't like to think that, gosh, maybe I wasn't so nice to people. Maybe I was very short with somebody when I answered them and I wasn't charitable and giving them part of my time. Or, gosh, maybe, you know, I know that I'll get to confession eventually. I know I've got some sins. Gosh, some of them might even be mortal sins, but I'll get to confession eventually. That's okay. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to think about that right now um, because it's probably not that big a deal. You know, it's just about mercy. God's going to give me his mercy. I don't have to suffer because God already suffered for me. I don't have to think about it that way. It's a very dangerous way of thinking. Because if we don't start to recognize that it's for my sins that Christ died and he paid the price for redemption, I start to think that that's all I need and I don't recognize that I actually have to make up for my sins as well. I have to actually go to confession. I have to make penance. We're gonna have to think more, a little bit more about that when we come back from the break.
All right. Well, welcome back to Virgin Most Powerful Radio. You're listening to the Dr. Louis Sandoval Show. Today is Holy Thursday. We celebrate such an important feast in the church today. And we're talking a little bit about suffering. We're talking a little bit about what does it mean that we have Holy Thursday? Why is this even important? And what if somebody tells you that, you know, Holy Thursday is not that necessary for our salvation? Um, shall we say Holy Thursday and Good Friday, the Passion of Christ, the Passion, Death, and Resurrection of Christ? Do we even really need that? And the reality is it, it can be kind of scary. It brings us back to the fact that Jesus had to do this in order for us to be saved. Why? Because we come from a broken nature, spiritually speaking. We all suffer from original sin. We all suffer and are weak to temptation. We have all fallen at one point or another. We have fallen short of the target, as they say. We haven't made the right decisions. We've chosen against God at times, and it's hard for us to accept that. You know, one of the my one of my favorite movies when it comes to the Passion of Christ is the Passion. Mel Gibson's The Passion of Christ. You know, the, people can critique it for different reasons. They can say, gosh, it was way too bloody. If you look at when he was scourged, you know, if any human being lost that much blood, they probably would have died right there, which is probably true. I can tell you medically speaking um, that there are some parts that you would say, gosh, I don't know how accurate that was because I, I don't know that somebody can lose that much blood and still live or be mobile. But Mel Gibson, I think, gave us a great view of what suffering meant. I think if we can put that aside a little bit about the details of somebody would have died or not, I think what it really brought to life was how much Christ did suffer, how much he loved us enough to suffer to that extent. You know, how many of us are willing to lose our life for a friend? As Christ tells us, there is no greater love than this than to give up your life for a friend. And that's what he showed us. That's really the ultimate um, love, the ultimate gift that he gave us was that he was willing to suffer for us. He was willing to come back and claim us as his own to remind the world, to remind the dark powers or any evil spirit that we belong to Christ. So long as we too are willing to suffer with him, so long as we are being, we are able to recognize our weaknesses and come back to Christ and ask him for his forgiveness and recognize that he is the truth. Now, this is a very important concept because a lot of people are going to start debating about what the truth means, what the truth is, what it is not. And the question we have to ask ourselves as Catholics during Holy Week is, what do we do in light of the truth? Do we stand up for the truth? Do we shy away from the truth? Uh, because there are consequences to this. Let's look at this. Let's look at Holy Thursday. What happened? What events do we know happened? First, Jesus and his apostles were celebrating the Passover. They were celebrating the normal Jewish feast of the Passover that they would celebrate every year. Is it by coincidence that Jesus was going to be arrested and that all this was going to happen to him on the same feast of Exodus, on the same feast where the Israelites were taken out of slavery and into the promised land by Moses? Well, it's, nothing happens by coincidence. We'll see that. Whenever, whenever we're following God, whenever we're starting to pray, we notice that there is no coincidence. Everything happens planned. Everything happens very calculated in God's time and the way he wanted it to happen. So Christ is celebrating the Passover on the feast of the Passover, where the angel of death was going to go across the land uh, to free the Israelites. It's the same feast that now Jesus is being arrested. But why is he being arrested? You know, Jesus was denied in a couple ways. 
He was denied by Judas because he decided that he probably knew better than Christ. He probably knew better and he said, no, Jesus, you know, you don't need to die in this fashion. We need to make sure that you uh, um, show them. Show them who you really are. I'm going to have you arrested. This is going to be part of a plot. I'll have you arrested, and that way you can show them that you can free yourself, that you are Christ. On the other hand, we have St. Peter, who says, I will never deny you, Christ. No matter what, I will stand right by you. I will be there, and I will never, I, I will be there with you unto death. And Jesus tells him, no, you're actually going to deny me three times. I think these are great examples of what our choices are on Holy Thursday. Do we from the start think, I know better than you, Christ. I think I have a better way. I think that you're telling me that I shouldn't act in this way or shouldn't act in that way, but I think I know better. I think that I can, uh, you know, do my own thing on the side and I'm going to show you that my way might be better than yours. That's really what we're saying when we sin. At the end of the day, that, that's what happens, right? We, we say, um, you know, I know that God will forgive me, but I know that I'm going to do what I think is right, even if the church tells me it's not, or even if my conscience right now is telling me not to do it, but I think I know that I'm going to do this right. And what happens at the end of the day? We always end up being wrong. We, we always end up regretting it. We always end up feeling like, gosh, I should have listened to Christ. And we end up feeling like I need to go to confession for it. Funny thing is that it doesn't always happen that we just go to confession one time and we're free from it. We're free from this temptation. It doesn't always happen that way. You know, sometimes we're confessing the same sin over and over and over. <clears throat> it can be frustrating. But we have a few options. Or, you know, so on the one hand, we have uh, Judas, who thought he knew better than Christ and went against what he knew was going to be right. But then we have St. Peter. St. Peter is eager. St. Peter is going to overshoot the mark and say, I will never falter. I will never, never uh, leave your side. And I will even go with you unto death. And Jesus tells him, hmm. I think I know you better than that. I think I know that there's a weakness there. And you're going to actually betray me three times. And St. Peter says, I'll never do that. No way. Well, we got to look at this from a very specific, from a very specific uh, perspective. Because how many of us do that all the time? Especially come Lent or, or come the New Year or come Easter, and we say, I'm going to reform my life 100%. I'm never going to sin again. No matter what, I'm just going to follow Christ, and I'm going to do what's right. You know, and all of a sudden we set up these high expectations and then we really get down on ourselves if we fail or if we sin. I think we have to find that happy balance. Why? Because if we're going to think like Catholics, we're going to have to live like Catholics in order to be Catholics. How do we live like Catholics? I think we find that happy medium. We could be like St. Jude, like uh, Jude, excuse me, like, uh, <clears throat> like Judas, and betray Christ and think, you know, I'm going to go my own way. A lot of times we call that mortal sin. I'm going to do my own thing. I'm going to I'm going to go against what I think God even wants. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to make it better, and God's going to see that my way is better. We could go down that route. And how did he end his life? By ending it. He ended his life not by following Christ or by repenting, but by deciding to take his own life because he fell into despair. There is a danger in that. There is a danger for us to fall into despair, to think that, wow, I have now betrayed Christ. I betrayed God. I can never follow him again. And he's never going to accept me anymore. So we fall into lies. And that's where the danger comes in. We start living a lie. But the problem is we started living a lie from the beginning. We started living a lie thinking that I'm going to know better than God. And somehow it's going to turn out to be okay. And God's going to see it my way. This happens. 
You know, this happens all the time. We can look at things also from the perspective of St. Peter. Now, St. Peter was so eager to follow God that he thought, I'm going to be perfect. I'm never going to leave your side. We've seen St. Peter in the Gospels. He's, he's lost his faith multiple times, most notably when Jesus was walking on water, coming towards them uh, in this, on the Sea of Galilee. And St. Peter said, if it's you, Lord, let me walk towards you. Call me. And he did call him. But what happened? St. Peter looked down. He got scared. He saw the vastness of the water, the vastness of the, of the lake, <clears throat> of the sea. And he lost his focus on Christ. And once he lost his focus on Christ, he lost his faith. He started to sink. And then he called out to Christ. What happens on Holy Thursday? St. Peter again loses the sight of Christ. He gets scared again. This is what happens to all of us. We have good intentions. We want to follow our faith. We're going to follow to the T. But then we're challenged. We're challenged by society. We're challenged by a society that tells us it doesn't matter if you do what's right or wrong. Or if you're going to hold on to what you believe is right, boy, you could even lose your job. Are you sure you want to tell me that that's the truth? Because you could lose your job. You could lose your family. You could lose your finances. You could die with Christ at that moment. And what do we say? No, that's okay. I don't know Christ. I, I'm not going to follow that. In fact, I was just kidding. You know, I, no, no, no. It's okay. I'm not going to, I'm not going to hold on to that as truth. That's essentially what St. Peter did, because he was at the moment where they said, aren't you his friend? Had he said that he was Christ's friend at that moment, he could have been crucified with Christ. He could have died with Christ. But he was afraid. That happens to us. That happens to anybody. I tell my listeners, don't worry. You know, if you fall into that trap, where all of a sudden we say, no, I'm not going to follow Christ because I'm afraid of losing my job. I don't want to lose my house. You know, it happens. It's, it's very Because that's where we're at sometimes in society. Where if I say, gosh, I follow Jesus and I follow the tenets of the Catholic faith, people really don't like it. And legally speaking, we might all of a sudden find ourselves in trouble. But what do we do after that? Do we follow Judas and do we say, boy, I fell into despair. I went against Christ. I'm going to die. I just might as well avoid God altogether. That's a form of spiritual suicide. To say, I'm not going to follow my faith anymore. That's like a spiritual suicide. We fall into that despair. And that's very, very dangerous. Versus do I say, you know what? Just like St. Peter, I just recognize that what I did was wrong. I recognize that I denied Christ. I recognize that I pretended to not know God, when in reality, all I wanted to do was follow him. This is our Holy Thursday. Are we ready to follow Christ to the cross? Are we ready to be judged with Christ? This is what happens on Holy Thursday. Christ didn't die on Holy Thursday yet. He didn't do the way of the cross yet. We always do stations of the cross on Fridays, because that's when Christ did his stations of the cross. That's when he was condemned to death. Thursday was the judgment. Thursday was him going between Caiaphas and Pontius Pilate and back and forth. And all of a sudden, he was being judged as to whether or not this lamb was blemished or unblemished, just like in the Passover. That's what we're going to be judged by. Are we blemished or unblemished? We're all going to be blemished by original sin. But how do we become unblemished? We follow Christ to the judgment. We stand next to Christ as much as possible and be judged the way he was judged. Am I following Christ? Am I doing what I know to be right? Or am I going to betray Christ and pretend I don't know him? It's a hard place to be. And this is what I think we need to recognize on Holy Thursday, is our own fragility and the fact that we don't stand alone. And that's the biggest difference. When Christ was being judged, he stood alone. None of his friends were there. Everybody scattered. As, he, as it said in the book of Isaiah, everybody was going to scatter, right? If you strike the sheep, if you strike the, the shepherd, 
the sheep will run. And that's what happened. There's no question about that. But here's the biggest difference. When we are on that judgment seat, when we are at the chopping block, when people are judging us, Christ doesn't run. That's what Christ really showed us on Holy Thursday. He's saying, I know that you've sinned, but I'm going to stand here with you, and I'm going to be part of the judgment that you deserve. In fact, I'm going to take on the punishment for you. I'm going to make sure that you come out on top on the other side of things. We have to have a whole lot of faith for that. I got to tell you, it's easy to talk about, and it sounds great, but boy, that's really hard to do. You know, am I going to stand there and be judged and trust that Christ is going to take me to a better place, that things are going to come out better on the other end because I know that Christ is standing next to me? I think that that's what we've got to practice on Holy Thursday. You know, Christ is being judged. Christ is being told that he is not God. He's being told that he is not who he is, that he is ultimately not the truth. And for us, that's what we need to seek. Holy Thursday is when we seek out that truth and when we stand with Christ on trial, when we have to really remember that Christ stands with us. More about the truth after the break. Right. Welcome back to Virgin Most Powerful Radio. You're listening to the Dr. Luis Sandoval Show. As always, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, or you'd just like to chat, feel free to email me. My email is doctor, that's dr.sandoval, vmpr, at gmail.com. That's dr.sandoval, vmpr, at gmail.com. Always a pleasure to talk to our listeners, to exchange ideas, um, and to really have great Catholic dialogue and conversation. One of the important things with Holy Thursday is, you know, I think about this from a psychiatric perspective, um, because as I was saying, the important thing here is really coming down to the truth. What is the truth in our own Catholic lives? This is what the truth comes down to. This is where the rubber meets the road, as they say. When it comes down to what are you willing to die for, right? St. Peter said, I'm willing to go to the cross with you, Lord. I'm willing to die for you. I'm I'm willing to die with you. And don't we say that to Christ all the time? But we all of a sudden fail sometimes. That's okay, because this is where Christ is going to be our Redeemer. This is where we trust in God. And do we accept that Christ is the truth? Let's look at Jesus' mindset, though. Because as a psychiatrist, this is what's important to me. How does God think? What does Jesus think? What is going on here? Jesus knows that this is his moment of death. He knows that he's about to undergo the ultimate sacrifice for us. What, was, what does a man think? If we look at his words, that's how we ultimately know what somebody's thinking when we ask them to speak. If we look at the words of Christ, we have to look at the fact that he was in a particular mindset that night. And this is going to be very important. Let's look at that. So let's look at the gospel that we're going to read this Holy, or Holy Thursday tonight. Let's, re, let's look at the gospel. It's the gospel according to John, chapter 13, verses 1 through 15. And let's read that. This is what it says. Before the feast of the Passover, Jesus knew that his hour had come to pass from this world to the Father. That's key right there. What would you do if you knew you were about to die? I have a lot of patients who are afraid. They suffer from cancer. They've been given a diagnosis of, you know, or a prognosis of six months, a year, depending on the illnesses and diseases. Some people with really advanced uh, kidney, kidney failure and they're on dialysis. 
they know they don't have much longer to live. What happens to the person's mindset? This is where we find out what's really important to a person, right? If I'm told this is it, this is the moment of your death, what really matters? What's really important? What is it that I want to do right now? If somebody told me, Dr. Sandoval, you only have this much time to live as far as we know, six months, a year. Boy, all of a sudden we change our life because we say time is of the essence. Let's look at what Christ did. It says, he loved his own in the world and he loved them to the end. The devil had already induced Judas, son of Simon the Iscariot, to hand him over. So during supper, fully aware that the father had put everything into his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God, he rose from supper and took off his outer garments. Now this is important to break down a little bit here before we go further. He already knew what was going to happen. He knew that his friend was going to betray him. He knew, and it also says he knew that the father had given him, he had put everything into his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. This is the moment of faith. This is our Holy Thursday. Do I stand with Christ or not? Sometimes we think it's a big, we have to do a big to-do of standing with Christ. Like I said, nowadays, it could be that if you follow your faith, if we follow our faith, we could easily, you know, have a change in jobs, a change in careers, a change in, in our lives. It could be that extreme. But sometimes it's on the little things do we follow our faith. If it comes time to finding out that, you know, one of our friends isn't doing well, do we reach out to them? Are we kind to them? If I find out that somebody did something bad, do I gossip about that? Do I make things up? Do I say things about other people when I'm not sure exactly what's going on because I want to be in the know or I want it to look like I know what's going on? This is important to consider because this is where Christ had full faith in God. And he said, at this moment of death, I leave everything to God. I know that he, it says here that he had come from God and he was returning to God. And so he rose from supper and took off his outer garments. He knew what was going to happen, but he had full faith that he was returning to the Father. In these moments, are we willing to die a little bit and say, you know what, I'm not going to do that? Because I have full faith, even though I would feel really good doing that, I have full faith that God is taking care of me. That's part of our Holy Thursday there. So let's see what he did. It says he took a towel and tied it around his waist. This is the most important thing. This is what Christ is doing before he knows that he's going to be taken away. He takes a towel, ties it around his waist, pours water into a basin, and began to wash the disciples' feet and dry them with a towel around his waist. What does Christ do? He has dinner with his apostles and he washes their feet. That's what's most important to him. That's what he wants. That's the image he wants to leave us before death. <clears throat> he came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Master, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus answered and said to him, What I am doing, you do not understand now, but you will understand later. Peter said to him, You will never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, Unless I wash you, you will have no inheritance with me. Simon Peter said to him, Master, then not only my feet, but my hands and my head as well. Jesus said to him, Whoever has bathed has no need except to have his feet washed, for he is clean all over. So you are clean, but not all. For he knew who would betray him. For this reason he said, Not all of you are clean. Christ is very well aware of what's going to happen. He's well aware of what's to come. He knows that every last action right now is of key essence. If I know that my time is short, <clears throat> I want to make sure that all my loved ones know that I love them. I want to make sure that my family is taken care of to the best of their ability or the best of our ability at that time. I want to make sure that all my affairs are in order 
in my very last actions on this earth or, the, or during my time on this earth, I want to make sure that everything I do is of the utmost importance and has the most significance and the most meaning. And what does Christ do? He washes his apostles' feet. It says then, so when he had washed their feet and put his garment back on and reclined the table again, he said to them, do you realize what I have done for you? You call me teacher and master, and rightly so, for indeed I am. If I, therefore, the master and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash one another's feet. I have given you a model to follow, so that as I have done for you, you should also do. Now, why is this important? Because Christ says, I am your teacher and your master. This is true. He says, rightfully so, indeed I am. But at the same time, he says, if I am your teacher and your master, I am your teacher and your master by being at your service. He says, I have washed your feet. You ought to wash one another's feet. If this is what the master is doing, this is what you must do as well. You must follow my example. Isn't that what he says? I have given you example, right? I've given you the model to follow so that what I have done, you should do also. Christ is saying, follow me to the end. Follow what I'm doing and be of service to each other. I am your master, your servant, well, not your servant, excuse me, your teacher and your master, and I am of service to you. You must be of service to each other. These are the most important things that Jesus leaves us with right before he is to die. How does Christ serve us? He stands next to us. And he does this because he says, I am your master, your servant, and I'm going to die that you may go to heaven. This is where he teaches us as well. We have to die for each other, and we have to die to each other in different ways. Being Catholic, like I said, we have to follow those tenets of the church, whether they're hard or not. I think that if, you know, that priest who was speaking and said, you know, Jesus didn't really die for our sins, I think he's doing a disservice because he knows that he has to die to his own opinions and tell us what really happened. Follow what Christ did. Tell us what Christ would say. I always ask my priest friends, you know, don't tell me what you think. Tell me what Christ would tell me in this moment. Tell me what Jesus would say in this moment because that's what you studied for. That's why you wear that collar so you can tell me what Jesus said. It's hard to follow. It's hard to know that sometimes. But this is what's important to, to consider. What were the last actions of Christ? He said, if you're clean, you do not need to bathe, for you are, because you are clean and you don't need, uh, you're, you're clean all over. He said, whoever has bathed has no need except to have his feet washed, for he is clean all over. Is that where we're at? Have we gotten to the point where we feel we are clean? It's important to consider something. You know, these last moments, these are the moments that matter. And I think a lot of times we forget that our Holy Thursday, where Jesus is standing and being judged, we kind of have a Holy Thursday every time we go to confession. We go before the judge. We go to confession. We go to the heavenly tribunal and we accuse ourselves. That's our Holy Thursday. We come to that tribunal and we say, this is what I've done. This is where I have failed. If I'm going to be like St. Peter, I'm going to say, I have cried for my sins. I am repenting of my sins, and this is why I have failed. I better go to confession and declare that. Confession is nothing more than a tribunal. This is why during Lent we say, we got to get to confession. we got to make things right. We need to repent for our sins so that when we do present ourselves to the Father, we look more and more like Christ, right? That's ultimately what we have to do. It's just like Jesus said, um, <clears throat> when when he said, nobody goes to the Father but through me. We have to remember that. Those are 
probably some of the most important words you said in, in our last section. We're going to talk about the last part of our show. We're going to talk about what was probably the most important thing Jesus said to us to begin with. Why? Because that's what's going to be attacked, folks. When we go to confession, why is this important? What's the culmination? It's going to be for naught if we cannot recognize that we need Christ to save us, that we need Christ to redeem us from our sins. Ultimately, if we don't do that, it's going to be like Jesus said, what good does it do for a man to conquer the world if he loses his soul in the process? We can't lose our soul. We have to recognize that Holy Thursday is Christ saving us. Why does this matter? Why do we bring up confession? Because that's where we declare that Christ is the truth, and I am not. I'm not the truth. Christ is the truth. And how do I know that? Because if I've tried my own way, I've probably come short and I failed. It's important to consider in this gospel, I glossed over it, but being in deliverance ministry, these are always the things that st stand out to me. The line that says, the devil had already induced Judas, son of Simon the Iscariot, to hand him over. The devil had already induced Judas, son of Simon the Iscariot, to hand him over. Why does this matter to us? Because when we do go to confession, when we are considering looking into ourselves, when we are doing our examination of conscience, that's when the devil is going to try to induce us to go our own way, to not follow Christ. And that's where we have to be strong. We can't fall into the traps of the devil. We can't fall into the traps to think that, well, my way is going to be okay and God's going to forgive everything I do because we might not be ready to accept God's mercy. Not that God's mercy is not there, but are we going to be able to recognize and accept it? More after the break. All right, welcome back to Virgin Most Powerful Radio. You're listening to the Dr. Louis Sandoval Show. Holy Thursday, let me tell you, one of my favorite feasts of the church. What a what a powerful time where the culmination of our faith is really seen. But I also think it's where our faith is truly, truly tested. Um, right before the break, I was talking about how, you know, we always seem to be there with Christ on Holy Thursday every time we go to confession. Christ was being judged and he was found without blemish, yet he suffered for us. We need to do our examination of conscience. How many times during Lent do we have uh, a reconciliation uh, uh, workshops, right? The priests will put this on, the different churches will put this on. Do we take them seriously? Do we go to them? Why during Lent? Lent is a time that we got to remember to repent. We start with Ash Wednesday. Remember you are dust, and to dust you shall return. It can be a scary time to think, boy, I'm going to die, right? Or I'm going to, you know, am I, am I ready to meet Christ? The thing is that during Lent, it should actually be a time of joyful suffering. Why? Because I'm looking forward to the resurrection. The hard part is that it can also be a scary time if we don't look at what the truth is. It's very easy to be tempted, just as Christ was tempted by the devil, to think that we need to follow a different path. Just like Judas was tempted and fell into the influence of the devil, to follow his own path, to be instigated by the devil to say, do it this way. Don't do it the way Christ would do it. Why is this important to consider? Because as we're doing our examination of conscience, as we're looking at how do I come closer to Christ, I notice that a lot of my patients who are Catholic become more anxious, and they start to wonder and worry about, am I good enough? I can never be saved now, because look at what I've done. 
Look at what, you know, the sin, it can never be forgiven. We start to fall into that trap of despair. It's very easy to do, but why do we start to fall into that trap? Jesus doesn't want us to fall into that trap. The devil wants us to fall into that trap. He wants us, he wants us to believe the lie. And that's what's really challenging for us as Catholics. How do we distinguish between what the lies are and what the truth is? How at that point when we're praying and we know and we recognize that we feel bad about ourselves, that we feel bad about our own conscience, that we feel that we are in a state of sin and we feel like there's nothing that can redeem us from this, what is it that we do? We need to separate out the truth from the lies. We need to push away the devil. You know, a lot of times people will say, gosh, I'm going to spread holy water everywhere. I'm going to put incense everywhere. I'm going to say all my binding prayers. I'm going to say all the deliverance prayers. I'm going to do all this. We could do all that. Or we can do something very, very simple. We can actually just look at what does the Bible tell me about Christ? What does the Bible tell me about the truth? Because we know that the devil is the father of lies. If I, How am I going to fight lies? With the truth. That's the only way to fight it. A lie cannot exist without the truth. The truth stands on its own. So during this Lenten season, at the end of this Lenten season, and today being Holy Thursday, Let's turn to Christ and see what was probably the most important thing that Christ told us. It tells a lot of things. Every, every word from Christ is obviously important because they're coming straight from God. So if I'm listening to every single word, every single period, every single comma, intonation, everything that Christ said is of the utmost importance. It doesn't get more important than that. But among everything he told us, what can I hold on to today on Holy Thursday if I start to recognize that Christ was judged for my sins? And that should have been me receiving those punishments. But what can I hold on to? That Christ is the truth. I think that the most important thing, you know, I think go back and forth, and I think, gosh, this Bible verse is very, very important. Right now, this one means the most to me. But if I go back and forth, I think ultimately, the most important thing that Jesus could have said to us is this. This is from the Gospel of John, chapter 14, verse 6. Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. I think if we take that on wholeheartedly that's all that matters when jesus said that he is the truth you know christ says that he is the cornerstone that means that he's the most important that's what we got to start with if he tells us that he's the truth there is no other truth anything that doesn't that's that doesn't seem to be in line with christ will be a lie that's all we have to do people come to me all the time and say dr samuel what about you know doing yoga what about this other spirituality what about transcendentalism? What about finding my third eye? What about all these different things that people want to do because they want to be enlightened? And my question is always, you know, there's two doors that we're going to face when we die. And all that stuff you're doing, if you're doing yoga, if you're doing witchcraft, if you're doing all these things, what door does that go into? Does that go into the door of the truth? Is that compatible with Christ? Or does it go into the other door? There's only one other door. we got to ask ourselves, is that going to lead me to Christ? Is that going to lead me to the truth? Or is it not? We have to believe that Christ is the truth. If we read the Bible that way, our Holy Thursday, our fear, will go away. Because Christ being the truth and everything he says is true, then he truly did die for our sins, for our redemption. If I don't have that, if I have nobody helping me out with my, my infinite insult to God, because God is infinite, and anything I do that insults God is, merits infinite punishment, if I don't have that, if I don't have Christ, then I, of course I'm going to fall into despair. There's no way I can get into heaven. But this is where it starts. Holy Thursday, Good Friday. This is why the resurrection is important. 
because once Christ did that, he opened the doors of heaven for us. And not that he minimized our sins, but he took them on and he cleaned them. He cleaned us. He washed our feet. He washed us with his blood. And that's probably the most important thing. So if you find yourself falling into a scary despair, I know people who don't like to watch the, the movie of the passion because they say, gosh, it makes me feel so bad. I want to go to confession right away. And I say, that's great. I don't like that feeling of feeling bad, but it's a recognition that Christ is the truth. Let's read other parts from the Bible that are the truth that are going to drive those lies away. The only thing attached to lies are going to be the, is going to be dark, dark entities, dark specimens. If I read about the truth, all that will go away. I will be cleansed. Let's read some of the really good, really, really good Bible verses on the truth. Let's look at chapter, uh, 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 the book of John, chapter 8, verse 32. And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Well, if Jesus says that he's the truth, let's read this a little bit differently. Why don't we say, and you will know Jesus, and Jesus will set you free. Isn't that what it is? If I, every time I read the Bible and I see the word truth in there, I try to substitute it for Christ if it fits and see what that sounds like. And you will know Christ and Christ will set you free. Listen to this one, John chapter 16, verse 13. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will declare you the things that are to come. That's beautiful. The spirit of truth is going to guide you to all the truth. The spirit of Jesus is going to guide you to him, to himself. Listen to this part. There was another one that I read. Um, here we go. Psalms 25, verse 5. Lead me in your truth and teach me, for you are the God of my salvation. For you I will, I wait all the day long. Isn't that what, isn't that what St. Peter kind of told Jesus? So I will always wait for you. For you I will wait all, day, all the day long. We need to read that over and over so we don't fall into that trap, just like St. Peter did. Of course, we're going to have our moments of weakness. Of course, we're going to fall into that trap. But as I look at Holy Thursday, I ask myself, how many times do I deny Christ? How many times do I deny him as the truth? That's got to weigh heavy. Let's look at the book of James, chapter 1, verse 18. Of his own, he will be brought us forth by the word of truth, that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. What does that mean right there? Of his own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth. Truth is what matters. Truth is what brings us to eternal life, that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. First fruits, the innocent fruits, the first, the first fruits of nature, that which is unblemished. Jesus is going to make us unblemished again. That's what Holy Thursday is about. He came to suffer for us so that we might be unblemished. We better declare him to be the truth. What about Ephesians chapter 4, verse 15? Rather, speak the truth in love. We are grown up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ. Speak the truth in love. That's what's really important. Just as, you know, we listen to Jesse and Terry, we always say clarity with charity. Speak the truth in love. Let's talk about what's true. Let's talk about what a sin really is. Let's call a spade a spade. Let's do it lovingly because it doesn't matter that the, that, that the truth is the truth or that a lie is a lie if we don't see that in the light of Christ. This is what Holy Thursday is about. Christ was willing to suffer for us so that we could see and follow him so that we knew what the truth was and not judge other people and not even judge ourselves except in the way God's going to see us. I want to get better so that when I present myself to God, I'm holy. He, he can say, you fought the good fight, as St. Saint, Saint, uh, Paul tells us. <clears throat> Here's a really beautiful one. Psalm 86, verse, uh, cha yeah, chapter 86, verse 11. Teach me your way, O Lord. 
that I may walk in your truth. Unite my heart to fear your name. Let me walk in your truth. Let me walk with you, Christ. This is how we do it. We say, I always say we've got to think like Catholics in order to live like Catholics so that we can be Catholics. I think this is one of the most powerful ones Jesus said, too, because this is when we wonder, Holy Thursday, Christ died for my sins. How am I going to get back on my feet? We've been working on this during Lent. We do it through suffering. We do it through penance. But let's look at this beautiful passage from the book of John. This is John chapter 8, verse 31 through 32. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, If you abide in my word, if you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Again, this is where Jesus says, it's all about the truth, and he is the truth. If I follow Christ, if I look at how he suffered, am I willing to suffer for him? He thought highly of us. He thought so highly of us that he loves us so much that he was willing to suffer. That's the truth, and that's the truth that the devil doesn't want us to know. The devil wants us to think that our sins are greater than God's mercy and God's love. That nothing, that once we do something bad, we can never overcome it. We're done, and we might as well just think about going to hell. Why keep going forward? It doesn't matter. I'm not going to be saved. Gosh, I can never be that good. I can never be holy. You know, why? how can I be holy? What's it take to be a saint? I'm going to do a show on what it takes to be a saint. And really what the church uh, looks at as far as sanctity and uh, and how each of us is we always say, oh, we're being called to be saints. No, that's we're not just being called to be saints. It's our obligation to be saints. That's how I want to make it to heaven. This is the start. How do I become a saint? I follow Christ. I look at the fact that he was willing to suffer for me, and I push out all those lies. Holy Thursday is about just plain truth. It's about Jesus saying, this is it. This is what matters, that I served you, that I washed your feet, and now you must serve each other. Let's think about this when we look at the passion of Christ, when we see the tritium, we see Christ being judged, the passion of Christ, Christ being crucified for us, Christ shedding his blood for us. There's a truth behind that. If we can't make that leap, but we just see it as a beautiful Bible story and we say, thank you, Jesus, for suffering for us, that's great. But if we don't recognize that he did it out of pure love for us so that we can make it to heaven as well, we're going to fall short. A lot of times people read it and say, wow, Jesus, what a, he was such a, the most mature man ever. You know, there's question whether he was God or not. We need to stay in that truth because we have to recognize that God wants us to be with him. This is what Holy Thursday is about. This is what Good Friday is about. This is what Easter Sunday is about. We have a home and it's not here on earth. We worry so much about what happens here on earth. Let's focus on making it to heaven. Our anxiety will go away. Our depression will go away. Christ is the ultimate psychiatrist. Christ is the ultimate psychiatrist because he, he heals us with the truth of his love. Keep that in mind. Until next week, this is Dr. Luis Sandoval saying, keep it Catholic.